So if I had any prayer ever, if I could have my choice of anything, it is about that my family would be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Because I know that if we're obedient, God will honor that obedience. Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. This is Graham Clark, and today we have a special guest who's near and dear to me, my big brother, Chris Clark. Chris is an awesome man of God and someone that I've looked up to for many years, and I wanted to bring him on today so he could talk specifically about prayer. Anyone who knows Chris well knows that he's a man who really values prayer and submission and obedience to the Lord, and he's going to teach us about what God can and does do through faithful, humble prayer. So if you're like me and need some help with your prayer life, this is a great one to take some mental notes on. So glad Chris is my brother and so glad that we all get to learn from him today. So let's roll it. I am pumped to introduce a man that I love and respect so much, my brother, Chris Clark. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. All right. Glad to be here. Thanks, Grant. Chris, I know this, but our listeners don't. Why don't you give us a quick introduction of yourself, where you grew up, and what your family situation is now, and where you live, and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Clifton Forge, Virginia, in the mountains, uh, about an hour north of Roanoke, Virginia. And about five years ago, moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, lived specifically in Mint Hill, this great little town that um, pretty much Charlotte took over, but I consider it the best kept secret in Charlotte. I love it here. Got three kids, married, and uh, been, oh gosh, it's been 17 years. Yeah, 17 years. And I've got 15-year-old, about to be a nine-year-old, and I've got an 11-year-old. So girl, boy, girl. So that's my background. I'm a civil engineer, more like a project manager, working for a major engineering firm. Excellent. I noticed you hesitated a little bit on the 17 years there. You might, I might get you in trouble. We'll see. <laughs> but it just happened. <laughs> that's awesome. Congrats on that. Okay, so today's topic is all about prayer and what it means for our families. And you know, for you, obviously, there's a, a huge reason I, I brought you on the podcast because I want to hear your perspective and just what the Lord has done in your prayer life and that of your family. And pretty much anybody who knows you well knows that you're a man of deep and abiding prayer. And that's just, I I love that. It's such an awesome reputation that you have. And I think so many of us have much to learn from you in this regard. In a minute, I want to talk about how we can make prayer a a life-giving reality within our families. But first, I want to talk about your own prayer life. Could you just tell us what are your natural rhythms for working prayer into your life daily? I think one of the biggest things is I pray pretty often throughout the day, but it's usually, it's just a part of, of my other everyday rhythm. It's not, I don't get up every morning and pray and dedicate time. I'll find 15 or 20 minutes on a break or 20 minutes while I walk the dog, or I'll find, you know, during lunchtime, during a lunch break, or sometimes it's early on Sunday morning. It's not always. But tell you the truth, really, uh, Graham, it's when the spirit strikes me to do it. And I can't tell you how many times and I'm just like, I'll stop. And I was like, it's time for prayer right now. That's what I've got to do. And I usually ask for a name of someone I can pray specifically for that I could um, I don't just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to do that. So to me, it's not really a rhythm. 
it is more of a, of course, of course, we pray every night with the kids, but it's as the opportunity presents itself. That's awesome. I, I love how you phrase that. I mean, of course, praying in the morning and, and being, you know, sort of ritualistic about it can be fine and it has its place. But I love how you presented that as sort of a practicing prayer throughout the day and um, how those opportunities present themselves. It reminds me of that verse that talks about pray, praying without ceasing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's an awesome example. So obviously you've been a great man of prayer for me and one of the things I love so much about your prayer life and your reputation for being a man of prayer is, is uh, how you follow up with people and let them know that you've been <laughs> praying for them. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. really remarkable. I mean, and I think I speak for uh, many of our listeners and saying, you know, countless times we've told someone we'll pray for them and maybe we do, maybe we don't, but in many cases we totally forget to follow back up and tell them that we've been praying for them. Um, so I just, I love your follow through there. So, so I just know that when you say you're going to pray for me or pray for anyone, I know that you do it and you, you follow through, which is just awesome. But my question for you is how do you keep track of all this stuff? Like, do you write, <laughs> do you write it down? Do you just keep it in mind? I mean, how, how do well, you do it? First and foremost is when someone asks you to pray for them, you really need to do it right then. So, and that, that kind of leads into the whole memory thing. You don't really have to keep a lot of things in your brain if you're going to do it right then. So if someone asks for prayer or some specific, be very specific. And um, you just follow with them within a couple of days. And usually I like to follow up and see how the Lord is working for people or if I need to continue or redouble the efforts. But in general, I don't have a systematic way of doing it. I seriously just pray every day to be a minister to the Lord and however he chooses. And for the Holy Spirit to prompt me to be able to be a prayer warrior for whoever it is that day. And I get every now and then I get prompted and you'll get a text from me that I have been lifting you up in prayer. And that is pretty much how I do it. I have a very long list that I keep uh, that I pray through. I'm not going to say every day. Uh, I try to do it at least um, a couple of times a month, but I get prompted. If I follow up with you, it's because the Holy Spirit, I feel, has prompted me to reach out to you. And that's how I keep up. That's awesome. You will. Remember probably our buddy Craig Hand saying one time, if somebody asks you to pray for him, you got two options. Number one, don't tell him you'll pray for him and pray for him later. Or number two, stop right then and pray for him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> true. I love that. He, that was a challenge he issued a few years ago. And I've, I've always thought that was an awesome challenge. So now that's great. Making that time immediately to go before the throne of grace is uh is amazing that's a great way to to make sure that uh, we pray for the things that people ask us to so that's awesome let's transition a little bit and talk about how this applies to families and how we can implement it in our families Um, so first i want to talk about why to be honest sometimes i don't know if you ever feel this way but sometimes i just kind of assume everything's okay and doesn't really feel like you need to pray for your wife and children and the direction of your family. But then I remember what my former pastor said one time, basically he said that the degree of our humility can be measured by how much we pray. And I've never forgotten that. And it really struck me then. And it still strikes me now. And, you know, basically what he's saying is, you know, if you think you've got it, well, you got a lot of pride. And the man who knows that he doesn't got it, that he needs help, that he needs the Lord to intervene and to move and to work, um, that's, a, that's a man who's got humility. So I know I've got a ton to learn there. I know I'm 
falling short all the time. But, you know, just building on that idea, from your perspective, what do you think is so important about us getting on our knees for and with our families? Or maybe to put it another way, uh, what kind of things would we miss out on in the Christian life if we fail to make prayer a priority? What a great question. I think, you know, part of prayer is posture. And just like what you said with, you know, being humble or being full of pride, the Lord put it on my heart many years ago that the only way that he's going to, the only way he's going to listen to me is if I'm, if I'm in a place of humility. And so I have to get on my knees to, to have effective prayer. Not all the time, but most of the time. One thing when you do that with your kids, you know, there's one thing, you know, being on your knees, you're pretty vulnerable. And if your kids can see you being vulnerable and, you know, really at God's mercy, it shows them that it's okay to come before the throne of grace. The other thing about prayer and as it relates to families is if your kids see you actively come, a couple things happen. One, they learn how to pray. I know many young people who really honestly don't know how to talk to God and they struggle. They, they think it has to be this formal thing and it really doesn't. You know, sometimes it's just like, help, <laughs> that's all you got. You know, uh, that, that's it. Sometimes words fail. There's no perfect way to pray. There's a model, of course, that Jesus gives us. In general, though, the big benefit is your kids seeing that you need God and they need God and you teach them how to approach him and you teach them that it's okay and you teach them that that he's loving and willing to listen and they see the fruits of your prayer. The other part is, you know, uh, you know, as a Christian, you ought to expect a greater reward for your obedience. And part of that is God answering prayer. And sometimes the blessing is that he didn't answer prayer too. So you, you get to teach your kids what that looks like and how to walk as a faithful, obedient man or woman of God. All right. So that's awesome. That's a, a great explanation of why. So now let's talk about the what. When you think about praying over your wife and children and just over, you know, sort of direction of your family, what kind of things come to mind that we should be in prayer before the Lord for? I think, uh, well, I have a couple of prayers. I pray all the time and I really do believe that prayer is really spiritual warfare. No matter how you feel about that, I really do believe in spiritual warfare. So part of spiritual warfare is (laughs) praying for God to come to fight to your aid. The other is to provide protection. And so when I pray about things, I'm very careful to ask the Lord to provide a spiritual hedge of protection, just like he did for Job. But then also on the flip side, I know that God is my, uh, will go before me. And I know that he is my rear guard. And you can see that in uh, Isaiah 52, 12. And so I'm very careful to pray for God to go before me and for God to cover me as we go and act in obedience. And if I had a consistent prayer for anybody, it is to truly seek what being obedient to God in the moment is about. So if I had any prayer ever, if I could have my choice of anything, it is about that my family would be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Because I know that if we're obedient, God will honor that obedience. The Bible is very clear, obedience over sacrifice. That is a huge lesson. And there's plenty of examples of why that's true. But really, that, that's the initial thing. How can we be obedient? And obedience is how do you be a minister to those around you? How are you going to bless others? Obedience can be, I'm going to take this step out in faith. Obedience can be simply be still. There's nothing for you to do here. And to discern that is a very important part of prayer. 
that's awesome. I love the tie between prayer and obedience because we all know that prayers can be, I'm not saying they always are, but if we're not careful, they could become kind of cheap and just a, a list of, of requests, so to speak. But adding that, that element of obedience is huge. If you know the Lord is calling you to something, being obedient to carry it out. Another thing, you know, talking about what again, Graham, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there is nothing too big and nothing too small. And sometimes during prayer, I'll say, Lord, thank you so much for answering our big requests. But thank you so much also for answering the small that we can bring both large and small to you. Because I, I really do believe that the small and large are just equally important and they're also equally easy for God. So bring your request before him. And you may and you may say, oh, no, the Lord of the doesn't need to hear the God of the universe doesn't need to hear about these things. I'm telling you, he cares. And what's the worst he can do? Say, no, he's a good father and he knows how to give good things to his children. You don't think he cares about the small things? Of course he does. He cares very deeply about all of it. And I am living proof that he cares about the small things. I mean, I just had a prayer about my truck that wasn't working right. I prayed. I said, Lord, I need to find this leak. It was a vacuum leak. I got underneath the truck, felt on a hose. Boom. There it was. Answered prayer. It wasn't a big deal, but buddy, I'm glad I found it. <laughs> well, what's what the big deal there is that you brought it before the Lord and you saw him show up regardless yeah. of, of how big a deal it is, you know, in worldly terms. So that is awesome. That actually reminds me of my father-in-law, Bruce Ray. Uh, he's said this to me multiple times that when his, when his boys were growing up, he would have issues like that with the car and it could be just something small, but he, you know, you kind of get to your wits end and you say, I just, Lord, <laughs> I need your help. If this car is going to start, you need to start it, you know? And, yeah. uh, and he just said time and time again, when he stopped and would pray to the Lord, he saw the Lord show up and that that was a really great witness to his boys. That's a good segue because I was going to ask you about just how we make this real to our families, because that's that's part of what we want to do is not just give prayer lip service and talk about how important prayer is and, you know, make it sort of an academic thing for our kids, but to actually show them, you know, that the Bible is true when it says, well, the Bible is always true, but the Bible is true when it says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And absolutely, we see that uh, in little ways, you see it in big ways, uh, in little ways like what you mentioned. And so I just, I just wonder if you could expound on that idea a little bit about how we bring the reality of effective prayer into our children's lives so that they can see how God uses prayer. Well, I got a great example. I worked for a, a small construction firm when I moved, first moved to Charlotte. And I really felt that God said it was time to move, but I had no plan B. So I left on May 8th in the middle of a pandemic with no plan B. And I spent 11 weeks and I call it glorious unemployment because uh, it turned out to be a really blessed time for me because I got to spend some really, really good time with my children. But when I was walking down the road with my oldest daughter, I said, honey, I, I really do believe that this act of obedience, what, I can, what I'm considering act of obedience into the Lord is not just for me. It's also for you to see that a person of faith who's actively prayed, God says this is what to do through prayer, and you get to see it. You get a front row seat because I think God's going to call you to do the same thing. And here you are getting to, to see it in real life, in living color, 
and watch God work and provide. And man, he did. I mean, that 11 weeks he provided for everything. He provided months in advance before he even knew he was going to do it. I cannot give God enough praise for that. What should have been a pretty scary time, I think I only had two or three scary ni- uh, scary nights. The rest of it was just an absolute peace. And our kids watched, all three of my kids watched me and their mother go through that time uh, and seeing how God was going to show up every single day for us and how he was going to bless us through the act of obedience. So I think that's a good way to do it. They got to see you walk it. What an amazing testimony. I love that story because prayer works like that sometimes. I think, you know, in life, sometimes we want, we want to work everything out and then come back and ask God to bless what we've already worked out, you know? Yep. And uh, <laughs> the thing that, the thing that I love about your story is that you didn't have it worked out. You didn't take like a purely worldly view of it and saying like, all right, we got to figure finances. We got to figure vacation. We got to figure career. We got to do this and this and this, and then we'll pray. It was just an act of obedience and watching the Lord work through it all is just amazing. I mean, that took so much faith and courage. And I love that your children were able to see that. And I think that's going to minister to them in ways that none of you can quite fully comprehend yet. I mean, that's the kind of thing that could come up decades from now that your children would look back and say, yeah, I remember when my parents took a really drastic step because they were trying to be obedient to the Lord and what he was calling them to. And the Lord showed up. Just you can't calculate what that does in the life of a young person. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that testimony and reminding me of it. One thing that I am convinced of is that God never works unilaterally one way. It's never just for you. If he chooses to bless you and ask your prayer, there's other blessings that are going to come from it. Whether the story is going to bless someone, your children get blessed from it, you bless your wife, you will bless someone through your obedience. It's never just for you. And you never see all the ripples in the pond, you know, and I, I just love the fact that God will continue to bless and bless and bless and bless and just keep going. And I just, I just love it. He is a, <laughs> he is a God of exponential <laughs> and you got to love it. That's right. Gotta, he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Okay, so I want to ask about passages of scripture that come to mind for you when you think about how important prayer is and how important it needs to be in our in our family's life. Sure. Of course, there's always the ask, seek, knock that Jesus talks about. And I really do believe it all starts right there. He has no limits. You have not because you ask not. And that is, to me, just a very, Jesus lays it out there. I do believe, just like Martin Luther, that if you start your prayer with the Lord's Prayer, That'll really get you going. It's a great formula to get started, but it's a really good way because it's got all the nice little pieces and parts. But a couple of things I've, I've, you know, that are just particular to me with prayer is I claim God's promises. He says he'll go before us, Isaiah 52, 12. He'll go before and be our rear guard. I prayed the promise of Jeremiah that he will try to put us, he'll guide us to the ancient paths. And that he'll set watchmen over us if we don't want to go on the ancient paths. And I love the fact that not only will God answer our prayers and he wants us to seek him, but he's even willing to do things like put guards to make sure we're going that way. And you always have the the right to not follow, but, oh man, you do that at your peril. And there's all these promises throughout scripture where he leads you in the way you should go. Um, and so, you know, that, that's good. The other piece of scripture that I, I love is 1 John 
chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, and it's basically the testing of the spirits. And if you read that piece of scripture, you know, it's all about, is this a false prophet or not? Who are you allowing to enter your realm of influence? You know, if you're studying with a, a man or someone who's professed to be a man of God and they're not preaching the gospel the right way, you're in trouble. You really need to discern the spirits. And I think that's a very important part. So uh, whenever someone says, you know, I'm not, I said, well, hey, test, test it with First John 4, 1 through 4. You can't go wrong with it. Pretty much says exactly what you have to do. And I really do cling to, I mean, everything really is, is in the Bible for what you need to do with prayer. I, I love looking through scripture. I, I love the fact that Jesus spent so much time in prayer, humble prayer. I think my favorite part is when he says in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, your will, but not my will be done. Mm. In other words, he had a choice. And I always, I just always love the fact that Jesus had a choice to say, no, I'm not going to that cross, but he didn't. He was in humble obedience. And I know there might be some people, theologians who want to argue with me about that, but it, great, it gives me comfort to know that not only was Jesus fully man, fully God, but he had a choice and it was, he, he did it in a, as an act of obedience to God. And I, I just, I love that. It shows this beautiful human side to Jesus. And I, I don't know that that story just brings me to tears. Cause I'm like, you know, I have a choice too. I could be disobedient, but I'm making sure I'm not going to be disobedient. Mm. And I, to me that that's really claiming those promises in scripture, making sure that, you know, you're praying in the name of Jesus. When you, Jesus comes and he says, you haven't prayed in my name yet, but you're gonna. And I just, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. You know, you're claiming the name and the covering of Jesus when you do that. And mm. it's just a real powerful part of scripture. Part of prayer is really asking for anointing of the Holy Spirit. Think of Pentecost. Think of when Jesus said, I've got to go so the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit's here and he's indwelling in you. Ask him to come. Ask him. And he says he's uh, also the great intercessor to help you. He's a translator between you and God. He can facilitate that. And so those are the promises. I'm sure there are many more. Uh, those are the ones I wrote down for tonight's discussion. But there are many more in there. The, all these different ways that God guides us in his word for a deep relationship with him through prayer. And those are the scriptures I cling to. That's so awesome. I've heard people talk about praying through scripture, which is essentially what you're talking about, claiming the promises of God. What an amazing way to pray is just reminding ourselves, not that God needs reminding, uh, but re reminding ourselves of what he has promised and claiming those promises and reminding ourselves who he is and the kind of God he is and who we are in him. Just amazing ways to, to pray. So thank you for that encouragement. That is awesome. Okay. Last thing that we always want to do for our listeners is issue a challenge. So it's easy to uh, listen to a podcast and say, oh, that's good thoughts. Sounds fun. Uh, sounds like a good idea. I don't really know if I have the time for that. Life is busy. I got lots of things to do, but you know, we'll, we'll see about it later. So we want to kind of take that and challenge that mindset a little bit and say, no, there are some things we can do now uh, for our families, especially, you know, I, I can speak uh, on behalf of men and, and you can too, and say that, as godly men, we need to be leaders of our families. And that includes being men of prayer over our families, for our families, on behalf of our families, and, and not just so that, you know, our family can be healthier, you know, so to speak. But obviously, we want to have healthy families emotionally and spiritually and, and all that good stuff. But this is a mission. This mm. is a mission field that we're called to. 
uh, we're called to lead our families um, to be on mission for the Lord. And so I wonder if you could just give our listeners one or two challenges that you think for, for both men and women on how we can be leading our families such that we can be more strategically engaged in the missional work of the gospel in our, in our communities and our spheres of influence. I think a challenge would be to not only model, but make sure your kids actually say the family prayers as well. My kids, I, I think, are very hesitant sometimes, and it's sometimes short, but they got to learn somehow. So I think that would be a challenge, is have your children pray out loud in front of you. And, and practice. It's like any other skill. Practice it. I think that would be the thing. You know, really, however many kids you have, go in a rotation and have them practice before you. And when they get good at that, have them practice before others. And you'd be amazed. The simple prayers of a child, man, are powerful. They can really be powerful. I just think that'd be a beautiful way. Another challenge would be to simply, when you're in your own prayer time, ask how you may be a minister to the Lord for someone else and reach out to them. And as you can tell, I'm a pretty extroverted person. So it doesn't make me nervous to text somebody and tell them that I'm praying for them. And in some cases, I would say, I love you, brother. And, and I really mean that. If you're not really into that, being faithful in prayer, I think the Lord will probably lead you to go ahead and tell them you're doing it anyway. And it'll really be an amazing time for you. And it'll not only bless you, it'll bless someone else that you took time. And we're not talking five minutes. It might be a minute that you do this. And I think that that would be a good challenge is to ask how the Lord would have you pray and then reach out to that person and tell them. And uh, I think you'd be amazed at all the good that will come of that. Great challenge. Thank you. Yeah. And one of the things I love about that is just that when you do that, when you follow through like that, that builds up the body of Christ because now your friends, brothers and sisters in Christ that you've prayed for, you're lifting them up before the throne, which has great value in itself, but then to follow back up with them and to let them know that you've been lifting them up is such an encouragement. And I think anybody who's been on the receiving end of that knows that anyway, that's a, that's a great way to model that process, so to speak. in well, front of your kids have, too. Yeah. And I'll put a point of clarification. You might want to start with a fellow believer that you do that with. And then when you, and then when you really feel good about it, reach out to a non-believer because those who aren't believers, you know, think all kinds of things about prayer and the power of prayer. But if you're really well in practice with those that you're really familiar with, and you know, when you go and Lord teaches you to reach out to someone who's an unbeliever, that can be a little scary. Mm. <laughs> mm. You don't know how they're going to react, but uh, that would be my point of clarification. If you're yep. new to it, I'd say start with someone who is already a believer that you already know pretty yep. well. <laughs> Although, you know, I remember years ago when I worked for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I remember uh, one of the gentlemen who ran a ministry called the Rapid Response Team. They would go in after a disaster and he said pretty much everybody that they asked if they could pray with them. He said 99 out of 100 people or, or more are going to say, yeah, that's OK if, if you pray for them. So you never know what the Lord can do through that. But I, I certainly understand your um, caveat there because it may be a good place to good place to start is with is with believers because you know that you're singing from the same songbook, so to speak. Anyway, great challenge. Thank you, Chris. I think that's all we have. Any anything else you wanted to share about how prayer can affect our families and help us be on mission for the Lord? I just don't understand how you, how anyone lives without it. <laughs> 
that, you know, you see people go through every day, they go, oh, I just don't know what to do. But for me, I've got a backstop. Like, I might not know what to do, but I'm going to hit my knees and figure this out. Or I'm going to have the Lord figure it out for me. And I just sometimes lift my hands and say, Lord, I, I have no clue. And I just love when he shows up for me like that. You know, really, God's economy is always reversed, isn't it? The weak are strong, the rich are poor, the, the wise are not that wise. And I, I, just, I just love the fact that I can come to him with nothing and then benefit from the God of the universe who, who's going to be there and going to help me. I just don't understand. I, I would have a hard time without that constant connection. I love it. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and challenges and the encouragement, your wisdom, man. Thank you so much for being such an awesome blood brother and brother in Christ. <laughs> yep. We've known each other the longest on earth. That's it. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. All right, man. Love you. Dad. Take care. You Chris, thank you so much. What a blessing you are, brother. So much good stuff in there for us to take away and take action on in our families. Let's do it, guys. When we submit ourselves to the Lord in faithful, regular prayer, I believe He will do really awesome things in our families and through our families for His kingdom and His glory. And remember, this is not self-effort. This is humble reliance on the Lord to do what only He can do. So let's do it. Check us out on strategicfamilies.com. We've got some resources for you there, and we'd love to hear from you on how you're building a strategic family for the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.